Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 312th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins. Uh, and joining us, we finally have the full crew back together uh, here at Nashville, Tennessee. It's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. Hey, what's up, boys? It's, uh, man, it feels like it's been ages, but man, I'm, I'm glad to be back, Josh. Matt, great to see your faces, and it's great to see that those words above our head, man. Illegal motion. This is the OG of of my podcasting, uh, so uh, I always have to, I always have a soft spot in my heart for for, for you guys. It is, uh, and it's the original for all of us, uh, which we which reminds me that we cannot get started without the third amigo in the second city, uh, a man who I do not think is excited for Big Ten after dark, but it's coming whether he wants it or not. Uh, it's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Yay, Rutgers at UCLA. The first time they'll ever make the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Josh. You're not wrong. We are going to talk about the bloated Big Ten here on today's show. Uh, we've got effectively our Midwest preview show with the Big Ten and the Mac. We're going to continue doing it like we have been with Josh uh, uh, driving the show and uh, letting me just spit out hot takes, and Corey gets to join me in those here today. Corey's got the cold takes. Yep, but uh, before... Uh, <laughs> Freezing we, cold takes. Before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue they to be indeed. your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at betonline.ag. With the college football season and the NFL season just around the corner, MLB pennant races in full swings, there is... No better time than to be over at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Josh, we are starting with our home conference. Uh, so I will let you go ahead and get into it. All right. So if you're like Coach and you you haven't uh, listened to our first two shows I've been running things. Matt got a big promotion. Coach took a new coaching gig, and now his school year started. So I'm kind of running things. I am doing a little summary of what happened in the league last year. I have five questions. They are my personal five questions. Feel free to chime in at any point during those five, and then we'll run through how I think they are going to end up. And again, this is just me. In the past, we've each done our own rankings and debated, but this time it's just call and response. So for the Big Ten to say it was a little one-sided towards one division last year would be an understatement. Michigan won the East and the title game and went to the playoffs. Ohio State went 11-1 in regular season play. They finished second in the East, but they also went to the playoffs. Penn State went 11-2 overall. They won the Rose Bowl and were a top 10 team in the final standings. The West was won by Purdue. Who, well, well, they lost three conference games. And got smoked uh, by LSU. Yeah. yeah. All told, uh, the league produced an impressive nine teams with winning records. Uh, it was just an extreme disparity between those two divisions. Um, one of the best storylines was Illinois putting together a really competitive season. 
Uh, one of the funniest storylines was Purdue having a breakthrough season only to see everyone leave overnight. And uh, one of the most predictable storylines was seeing Nebraska fire Scott Frost after a hilariously awful. All right. I, I got a, I got a quick, I got a quick aside. Cause this just happened at our uh, in service. Uh, so fast or rewind a week ago. And one of our, one of our, uh, teachers on staff is a nebraska fan and our principal's like uh we're we're the loss and lightning now and so he's like uh, this is how i envision our intro to be and he had the intro for nebraska versus georgia southern uh and, and it's because they play thunderstruck and I, <laughs> I leaned over and go i think they lost that game yeah i'm pretty sure they did <laughs> And and I, I think the teacher was like, uh, yeah, very funny. We lost that game. Thank you. <laughs> well done. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so my personal five questions, uh, Matt, coach, of course, t- chime in on any of these. Uh, number one, does the Big Ten put two teams in the playoffs again? Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, question two, who takes advantage of the Wild West in its final season? I mean, you know what the I'm going to say. <laughs> the fighting fickles. The fighting fickles. Numero trace. Maryland, or sorry, I, I prefer to pronounce it Maryland. Maryland. They went, they went eight and five last year, four and five in conference, and returned some very key pieces. Do they impact the title race in any way by upsetting Ohio State or Michigan. I think those teams are too strong for them. They they lose. Didn't they? Did they lose? Tonga Vailoa? No, he's got one more year. Oh, he's yeah. coming back. Oh. One more year. He's back. Baby. Why do I think he? Why do I think he left? Well, because Auburn tried to pay him a million and a half to come <laughs> down for for one season. Uh, that's right. You and plus, I didn't read number four in the East here. So there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, number four: Can lovable losers Indiana or Rutgers make a? Uh, yes on Indiana, and I'll tell you why later. And number five, what the hell is going on in Evanston? Emphasis on hell. All right, yeah. so let's run through the standings. It got, uh, starting it got with the, weird. Starting with the East, I got Michigan. Quarterback, same as last mm-hmm. year, check. check. Running back duo, same as last year, check. Offensive line, one of the best in the leagues, check. Defense is seven starters back. Uh, coach, your dogs are projected to be pretty good. Do you have any fear facing this Michigan team in the playoffs? I don't think they have anybody that can cover Brock Bauer, so no, I have no fear. Ooh, definitive. Yeah, definitive. I mean, in all seriousness, like even if I wasn't a Georgia fan, I would say Brock Bowers is the reason that Georgia should not have any fear playing against Michigan. Michigan's going to be really, really, really good, but I just think that they they don't necessarily have – I don't think they necessarily have an answer for that. Plus, I think the style of play that Michigan has versus Ohio State's more of a matchup nightmare uh, for Georgia than I think Michigan is because what Michigan does well, uh, Georgia does well at defending it and vice versa. All right, moving over to the Buckeyes. I got them number two, Marvin Harrison Jr. He answers a lot of questions uh, because, well, they've got some questions about uh, new quarterback, new look offensive line. But I want to focus on that defense, Matt. The Buckeyes defense famously has given up 87 points to Michigan the last two years. Have they solved that issue? 
No. No, they, they, they have not. Uh, Michigan is going to three-peat against the Buckeyes this year and three-peat to win the Big Ten. I mean, I don't, I don't see a scenario in which Ohio State beats Michigan this year unless we have serious injuries to the Michigan offensive line. And I think that that's really what it boils down to for me is that the Buckeyes have some, some assorted nice players on the defense, but the Michigan offensive line is so good that even with, with the good players that are in Ohio State's secondary, they don't have the horses in the trenches to keep up with a Michigan unit that should be once again the best or at worst top three offensive line in the country. I concur with Matt. There's no way like once Michigan gets it rolling uh, up front, I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think there's a team in this league that can, that can pony up with the, with those guys once they get kind of going up front. Well, there's one team that thinks they might have it. And that's my third place team in the East Penn state. Uh, they have drew Aller. He has, he's a, you know, really, uh, intriguing prospect they're pretty excited about him there in happy valley highly they feel touted like the ability highly yeah they feel he has the ability to lead this offense as effectively if not more so than sean clifford did the last few years the running back group that he has to work with is fantastic his offensive line is really good they have a legit stud there in olu fashanu um the defense very quietly might actually be the best in the league um, they have just some absolute studs over there. One of my favorite names um, in the entire conference, Chop Robinson. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's all name team right there. They also have their toughest game of the year, Michigan, at home. Their toughest crossover game, Iowa, at home. And they also have a joke of a non-conference that'll set them up pretty nicely with West Virginia, Delaware, and UMass. So Penn State's going to win a crap ton of games. Uh, coach, got a coaching question for you. The coach. biggest weakness for this team is that receiving core. It's pretty much kind of an unknown at this point. Um, how long does it take for that passing game to get into sync when you're when you're facing what Penn State has? Uh, when you have a good quarterback, uh, not long at all, uh, because I, I think he, if he's as good of a leader as they say he is, he can get them on the same page. And then uh, if if you have a great run game and a, and an O-line that has some talent and your quarterback has time to sling it around. As long as those guys are running the routes at the, at the precise, precise depths uh, and timing, no time at all. And the unknown receiving core will become famously known as the uh, <laughs> unknown receiving core, kind of like the, uh, the no name defense for the, for the dolphins back in the, back in the seventies. It'll be kind of one of those where you're like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Um, and and then these names will be known by midseason. They'll have some guys you're like, okay, how did we not know this guy? Well, I think the one thing jumping off of that, Coach, is that one of those guys is a known commodity in Dante Cephas, the Kent State transfer. And yes. He yeah. was electric, absolutely electric for the Golden Flashes, very, very appropriately. And he <laughs> is uh, someone who could – I think end up being, you know, all con first team, all conference type of guy. Um, he is someone I am very high on. And uh, I actually think that Penn state is going to finish second in the East this year Ooh, ahead yeah. of Ohio state. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I think, I think, Cephas, 
I think Cephas, you know, what I love about Cephas, I forgot about Cephas, actually. What I love about Cephas, Georgia played Kent State last year, um, is seeing him and, and the way that Sean Lewis was able to use him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Penn State's going to get real creative here. Uh, and I think Drew Aller's going to be like, all right, we can use you here, there, and a little bit of everywhere. So I love this Penn State team uh, as far as the way they're constructed. This has probably been – uh, aside from that Rose Bowl team uh, with Saquon Barkley, this might be my favorite Penn State team that I've seen since James Franklin took over. I think this is the best Penn State Ooh. team that they've had since James Franklin took over. I'm really high on Aller. I love the two-headed monster running back. You mentioned mm-hmm. Olufashanu coming back. Huge piece. Their offensive line is... Nailed it on the name. Is just a tick below Michigan's. And I think that they have the potential to do the same thing to to Ohio State's defensive line that Michigan do, that Michigan can do. And that's why I've got them finishing second with another very strong defense with the Buckeyes finishing third in the East and Ryan Day's seat turned all the way up. When when they get when they get that crowd rocking, especially in a night game environment, that's just not going to be an easy. It doesn't get much Michigan. better. It, it really doesn't get much <laughs> it doesn't. better. It, it, it's not going to be an easy one for Michigan. I can I'll, tell you. I'll tell I you what. Assure you that. I'll tell you one night game where that crowd did not get going. Iowa's infamous six to four victory <laughs> that included an intentional safety late in the game by Iowa. Everyone loves a good intentional safety. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's head down to the Chesapeake. I got Merlin finishing fourth in this division. Oh. Uh, Coach mentioned him earlier, Tagovailoa. He is back. That's a he huge piece back. because um, they have a few other holes on this team that, that need to get worked out, including the offensive line is just one starter back. Uh, the defense last year was a complete mess. That side of the ball has got to get figured out. Um, but even with those question marks, thanks to Tagovailoa and thanks to their season last year, to me, this team reminds me a little bit of Minnesota. They're like the East version of Minnesota. They're kind of reliably a bowl program now, um, but not enough really in the tank to be a true contender. Perko, I see seven locks or near lock wins on this schedule. So which do you see being more realistic? Them going over that with eight or more wins or them not living up to my expectations and winning just six games or less. I'm not letting you push and take seven. Josh, who's the head coach of Maryland? Michael Oxley. What do you think my answer is going to be? You have them going about four and eight. I'm not saying they're going four and eight, but I'm saying <laughs> six and six is much more likely. Uh, you know, I think that, like you mentioned, Tonga Vailoa and getting Roman Hemby, the running yeah. back back is good for them. But, you know, if you look at some of their crossover games, Illinois is not going to be easy. Um, At Nebraska in mid-November, you say what you will about Nebraska, but Matt Rule is uh, leaps and bounds better than anything Scott Frost was. Plus, I think they're in much better shape in the quarterback situation as well. Their non-conference schedule, that being said, not super hard. I mean, they've got uh, FCS Towson at home a Charlotte team in Biff Pogge's first year uh, at home. And yes. then a Virginia squad who is still reeling after the tragic massacre of three of their players from last year. So they, yes, three and O out of conference is very achievable, but you know, Indiana's pretty, Indiana's a win. Northwestern's probably a win. That's five. 
Michigan State's a bit of a toss-up in East Lansing. Uh, Rutgers at the end of the season. That could be the game they're playing to win to get to their sixth win of the year, man. Like, it's going to be it's, it's gonna be close. It's going to be close. I'll take the under seven. Well, you just mentioned in that run of their games, Sparty, who I have as fifth. Now, Michigan State, obviously, a few years ago, won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And they had a very skilled running back. Kenneth Walker. Who then, yeah, went and got paid in the NFL. And they, well, they lost <laughs> seven games last year. They went five and seven. It's like, does a running back really mean that much? Well, now they welcome in a whole bunch of transfers to try and bolster things. But they have put a ton on quarterback Noah Kim's shoulders to jumpstart an offense that averaged less than 20 points per game. And in one of the more startling moves, they kept their awful defensive coordinator, Scotty Hazelton. He was God freaking awful last year. Coach, you've been on plenty of staffs in your life. Why in the world would Mel Tucker retain Hazelton after last year's performance? They must be, they must be really close. Um, that's the only reason I can think of because when you watch Michigan State play football, it looked like an utter disaster <laughs> watching them play defense. And I, I guess they also wanted a reason for Noah Kim to feel a little bit more sense of urgency because you feel like you have to score every time you touch the ball or you're going to lose. I, I, those are the only two reasons I can think of because, my God, were they horrendous on defense a year ago. I, I think this just shows that Mel Tucker I, – I don't know that his I – don't, I don't Whatever, know, man. Like, he got that $95 million. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that so. matters. I mean, what what's the most telling thing to me about Michigan State me. is that at the was it was a, a uh, the end of spring, Peyton Thorne and Keon Coleman leave, and that's their two two best players from last year. I mean, you know, Auburn's like, yeah, we can't get uh, Tonga Vailoa, so we're gonna get Peyton Thorne. Yeah, next best thing. Great call. All right, we're heading to not really Matt's father's proud proud alma mater. Rutgers, um, really nice defensive foundation. They got seven starters back on that side of the ball. Uh, they have some really nice pieces at running back. They have a good trio of backs there. Feel free to read more about them on my blog. They have a tight end that I absolutely love in Johnny Langan, mm-hmm. but they desperately need their quarterback, Gavin Wimsett, to improve. He was a pretty highly touted prospect, came in last year, connected on just 485 percent of his passes last time i checked that's not very good matt what can we realistically expect from Wimsett now that he's got a little bit better offensive coordinator he's got minnesota former oc kirk Sharaka. um he's going to simplify the offense it's an offense that tanner morgan succeeded a lot in so what can we realistically expect from that quarterback 57 percent completions uh, I'd say maybe a <laughs> three to two, maybe four, you know, maybe five to two, somewhere there in touch on interception ratio. I mean, not world beaters, but I do expect them to be better. Wimsett, like you mentioned, was a four-star recruit coming out of the state of Kentucky. They got jerked around so much. They were playing three quarterbacks. Like they were cycling three quarterbacks at once last year. It was just an out like play after play after play. You'd see three different plays, three quarterbacks in a row. It was just an absolute disaster. I have no idea what was happening there. Steve Springer was there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kirk Sharaka, not a VW Sharaka, oh, okay. but a but Kirk Sharaka. 
should be able to calm that down. What worries me, though, is the uh, is the offensive line to be able to keep him yeah. upright. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, utilizing his athleticism, a lot more bootlegs, uh, getting him out, half field reads, and then letting him run if he needs to because he can run. I mean, he's not like the world's greatest runner, but he's also not a statue either. So I would expect a lot more of getting him on the move, running to throw, uh, giving him some easier reads and some, you know, letting Johnny Langan be that number one target, you know, as his, not necessarily his primary guy, but almost always his second read. Is the, uh, is the good doctor excited about this team? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it's Rutgers. Very rarely is he probably ever excited about it. But um, to to Matt's point, I I just think having an offensive coordinator that just understands that maybe the turmoil of rotating three guys in in successive plays might affect – it's hilarious. But it might (laughs) affect your uh, uh, accuracy rating. Like, I just think him sticking with Wimsett will – automatically get his percentage up to 60. I think just having him play two plays in a row and be able to get into a rhythm will help get his, will help get his uh, pass pass completion percentage up to 60. I think if he gets, if he can get it to 65 Rutgers can be a pretty, pretty solid team. And I, I think Sorok is going to put Wimsett in positions to win. Like Matt said, he's going to move the pocket. They're going to use the run game and play action boots off of that. They'll probably with Langdon use uh, Langdon, not Langdon with Langdon. They'll use uh, RPOs a little bit. They'll try to get some quick game going to get the ball out of his hand. So his offensive line doesn't have to protect a whole lot. Uh, There's some creative ways you can get your quarterback involved uh, in order to uh, to make things a life a little bit easier, and, and he did it for Tanner Morgan. I don't see why he couldn't do it for Wimsett too. Who, who's a who's a four star talent? All right, rounding out the East, we got Indiana, and I think that this team is going to be so much improved over last year, but their record is not going to show it because they have a god awful terrible schedule. It was they're one of the teams that it was their turn to have five of nine league games on the road. They face Louisville in the non-conference. They have crossovers that include Illinois and Wisconsin. Um, Coach, their projected starter right now is Tennessee transfer Taven Jackson, who was a four-star. Didn't really see the field much, but that's your neck of the woods. What the Big Ten fans know about Taven Jackson? Well, Taven Jackson, what, what what you'll notice is he's very, very smooth, very confident in the pocket. Um, he, he, his six, three, 200 pound frame appears bigger, uh, than, than is actually listed. Uh, I really like his decision-making, his athleticism, just his poise and movement within the pocket. So I think you're getting a guy that I think can take command of this offense and kind of be able to move it down the field. I, I think, uh, outside of Michael Penix jr. Who was really good at that and is really good for the new, newly, uh, newly crowned big 10 West uh, <laughs> member Washington Huskies. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of what Penix did uh, in, in Taven Jackson. I think for Jackson, not being able to crack the starting lineup at Tennessee shouldn't alert or alarm people with Indiana. It's not that he wasn't good. It's just that you have Hinton Hooker, Joe Milton, and now you have 
I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name yet. I'm gonna wait till we get to the to the SEC show. But Nico, <laughs> gotta learn it. We all gotta learn Nico it. Nico Malva. 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 No. Dolores. Uh... <laughs> Nico Volvo. Here we go. Nico Volvo. <laughs> um, he should get an NIL deal with Volvo and just change his name. You know how like they did with uh, Joe Thiesman? Mm-hmm. They changed it to Heisman. Mm-hmm. So his next NIL deal should be Volvo, and it should be Nico Volvo. Just change his last name. But anyway, uh, like he wasn't going to beat any of those guys out. Like those guys are, when you talk about elite talents, like um, Joe Milton can literally throw the ball over the mountains. Um, <laughs> Hidden Hooker is a third round draft pick. And I think Nico will be. Nico, I mean, Nico was a five star. Nico was a five star. Nico is a five star. Nico is legit. Yeah. So Taven Jackson transferred and he should have. And in the homecoming, he's from Indiana. Yeah. And he's from Indiana. His brother, his brother played Grove. basketball. Really yeah. good program in Indiana with Center Grove. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to watch him. I think he's going to give this this Hoosier team a, a shot in the arm. The team that I'm very low on, Josh, that you're seemingly higher on than me is Michigan State. So I, I think Michigan State might finish DFL in, in the East. Um, yeah, Michigan State's just such an odd oddball there in my blog i called them a kind of the x factor where mm-hmm. with so many transfers we're not really sure what to expect it's it's they're they just i mean defensively i i don't i don't know what they're doing usually you could kind of tell what they want to try to do i i there's sometimes i just can't i just can't i don't know um i think rutgers is going to be pretty good i think they're going to stabilize offensively and that'll help a lot um, having a lot of returning starters is going to be big for them. I think Indiana, aside from their tough schedule, I do think that they can win. Like I'm not overly scared of Louisville. Um, Illinois is really good. Wisconsin will be really good, but I'm not overly scared of Louisville. And and I, I think that they can, you know, compete with Rutgers. They can beat Michigan State. I think they can beat Maryland. Like I, I think they're going to be pretty good, and a lot of it's going to be their quarterback. All right, well, let's head to, unless the league changes their mind with all the new teams, the last year of the beloved Wild Wild West. Beloved is a bit of a stretch. Go on. And, uh, you know, I'm wearing the the old Hayden Fry hat for a reason. Because, gentlemen, I'm buying the Kool-Aid. Josh, I'm worried about you, man. I'm really worried about you. Josh, I got one question for you. Yeah. Did they fire Brian Ferentz? No. Did you watch well, the two-hour clinic on the outside zone? <laughs> yes, every second of it is fantastic. That, okay, that explains. Okay, well, that makes. I am. Sense. T- I am taking Iowa. Um, and, and here's my reason why they almost won the division last year with uh, Spencer Petras, who really struggled and then got hurt. They have a huge improvement at quarterback with Cade McNamara. They have bolstered their offensive line and wide receiver core with some key transfers. They have a really good running back in Caleb Johnson, and their defense will be outstanding yet again. Um, The schedule does have a trip to Happy Valley, uh, but their other crossover games are pretty advantageous, Michigan State and Rutgers. Um, I've got Wisconsin right there with them at number two. Matt, I know you have the Badgers. I do. So tell us all about that. Before you get it, before you – before we dive into that, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have Brian Ferentz calling the plays. You could have Dan Marino, prime Dan Marino <laughs> at quarterback. You're not 
like I Brian Ferentz lacks the ability to like keep a drive going. Does, they gave him they gave him incentives if we average if we average if we average twenty five points, he That's gets a huge pitiful. favor. But does that that also includes like the the ten points a game the defense scores? Ah, he's you're yeah, a division, he, we're gonna we're gonna kick ten field goals a game. You're a division one power five program that's allowed to recruit like i don't know yeah. if they know that they're allowed to recruit but i, I just don't think Cade mcnamara is going to add a whole lot like their defense is going to mm-hmm. their defense is going to have to like average they're going to be they're going to have to be the 2021 georgia bulldog defense that only that allowed less than 10 points a game i mean they're pretty good i mean the iowa defense is pretty they good. are good yeah don't get me wrong but can but can they be elite which is they're going to have they already to be are elite elite like yeah, they're elite, elite. elite. Elite, elite. They were elite elite last year. Elite elite elite. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying, right? Like they're gonna have yeah. to, they're gonna have to carry a bad offense. Yeah, I mean, when you look at when you look at defensive stats for like the most consistent performers of defense the last few years, it's like Iowa and Alabama. Like, I, I yeah, I know, yeah. I know, but they they're gonna have to like they're gonna have to go beyond that to carry this bad offense. Is, is what I'm saying. Uh, the the offense is going to be way better than last year. I, I mean, for your sake, Josh, you're the only reason I root for Iowa, but I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I guarantee you it's going to be a better offense a lot. Well, it's because it can't be worse. That is true. And that is true. <laughs> I mean, they, were, they weren't even the worst offense of the Big Ten last year. Scoring your yards-wise. Indiana was at the bottom oh, of basically Indiana, every Indiana was stat. Yeah, Indiana was pretty terrible Indiana at everything last year. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Wisconsin. Um I obviously think that Wisconsin's going to win because it is a new day under uh, Coach Fickle in Madison. Uh, if if Josh is drinking the Kool Aid, I am I am putting the Kool Aid IV into my arms, um, probably because he buttered me up when I got to interview him and the some of the rest of the guys up there uh, in Madison. But I know that Josh, you you know some you amongst other people are hesitant about the new system coming into Wisconsin. Uh, Phil Longo coming over from UNC is bringing his air raid philosophies uh, to Madison, which is definitely something new. My favorite quote of his from the camp press conference uh, before camp kicked off was, uh, "The three things I love most in the world are my wife, my children, and slot receivers." Did not think I'd be hearing that out of a Wisconsin coach ever in my life. But, uh, you know, they're going to be spreading it out and running the ball. And they have two healthy running backs and Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi coming in healthy for the first time in his career. They'll be facing a lot more six-man, five- and six-man boxes. Five minutes. And uh, instead of the nine-man boxes they were facing, because let's face it, no one was afraid of Graham Mertz throwing at all. Now they have a quarterback who actually can throw uh, who scored 10 touchdowns in a single game in Tanner Mordecai before the switch to the 3-3-5 defense is not going to be uh, the easiest thing, but also not going to be the hardest thing because they were running a very, a very 3-4 front under Jim Leonard, and it's going to be a lot of rotation of guys, especially along the front seven, who are going to be rotating in. Obviously, I'm very bullish on the Badgers this year. My biggest concerns are getting everyone on the same page on the offense. Obviously, all they've had is a spring and a fall training camp to get an entirely new system in place with a lot of transfer guys. Uh, You know, three of their top six receivers are going to be transfers. Uh, Potentially two of their starting offensive linemen are going to be transfers. They lost their 
uh, top two tight ends to medical retirements literally the week before camp started. So um, going to be a lot of new faces, especially on the offense. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, they still have the single best offensive player in the West in Braylon Allen. And I'm going to choose to believe that Braylon Allen against light boxes is going to be enough of an offense for Wisconsin to win the West. So my hesitation, you hit on it on the big one, all the new faces, you know, Phil Longo's offense at North Carolina was incredible. It's just a lot to implement without a lot of time. Um, my other hesitation was when you compare the Iowa schedule versus Wisconsin schedule, Wisconsin's is harder. Yes. Wisconsin has Ohio state. They have road trips to an Illinois team that we like. They have a road trip to Minneapolis. You know, Minnesota's lost some players, but but still, that, that's a massive rivalry game for Minnesota. They're going to be hungry, as they always are for that one. So, um, you know, for me, it's it's one A Iowa, one B Wisconsin. It, it's it's going to be one of the two teams. I think Illinois could. I think it could be three. I think it's one A, one B, one C. I really like Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yes, they yeah, I'm a big fan of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Bielema scares me a little yeah. bit. All right, well, let's go to Illinois because I got them oh, third. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> can I like? Can I tell you why I like Wisconsin? Sure, of course. I I think like I've studied Phil Longo a little bit because like I'm that I'm an air raid guy. I like air raid stuff, and so I, I think the system just in general is very digestible. Um, but I, I think Phil Longo's spin on it, I think really in his love for slot receivers, that doesn't go unnoticed. He he makes things, he puts guys in matchups, advantageous matchups. He makes things real simple, like relatively simple, like not too simple. But he makes things like relatively simple. It, it's things that you can pick up on. It's creating matchups. It's, it's all concept-based. It's like, okay, we're going to like have a few concepts – we're going to get to it a lot of different ways, right? And, and I, I think a lot of times he he goes about that, just creates different looks to where it looks like it's 60 different plays, but it's really just like 10 or 12, you know? he, he it Just by formation adjustments and things like that, I, I think putting guys in conflict and, and making guys defend the entire width of the field puts them in positions to get easy completions. Easy completions gets you down the road. Uh, and then when you have Braylon Allen, you get these, you get lighter boxes. Teams have to make decisions, right? Like, do we stop Braylon Allen or do we stop these slot receivers? And when those edge guys have to make that decision, that's where Phil Longo's at his best. He was at his best at North Carolina with Sam Howell. He was at his best at that with Matt Corral at Ole Miss. And then when he was at Sam Houston State, that dude was just that dude broke some scoreboards. So. That's why I like Wisconsin. I like the new energy. I think Fickle is great, wins wherever he goes. The only thing I worry about with the defense, Matt, is I, I'm not a big fan of the 3-3-5. Uh, I, I, I think up front in this league, I think you need to have more beef. up front. I think you need more yeah. beef. I, I think this is an even front type of league to where you need four, four down guys and then you can play with athletes in space uh, on the perimeter. But you need guys – like you need 
those four down guys. And, yeah, I even I, think like your your old school Gary Patterson four two five would be a better choice than the three three five. If you're, I, if I agree. you have to play with a nickel, if you, if you're saying yes, I'm going to start with a nickel. I think yeah. you know, and I think the one of the ways that Wisconsin's countering that is so one of their starting outside linebackers looks like it's going to be TJ Bowlers, who's 270 pounds and is effectively going to play as an end for the most part, yeah. but still. You know, I, I do completely agree with that. And that is there's ways to manipulate it. But then you're kind of getting away from base three through five. And mm-hmm. like what I what I really liked about uh, Jim Leonard was that he was he would move guys around and he would mo- manipulate his fronts to get what he needed out of those fronts on the perimeter and up front. And I, I just I just don't know if this version of Wisconsin I mean, I'm pretty sure they are. He wouldn't be at Wisconsin if he wasn't. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's as savvy at that as Jim Leonard was. I mean, few people are. Few people are. Yeah. I mean, that that's an extraordinarily high bar to clear. Now, now Illinois is going to get to um, yeah. full we benefit. Well, of you that. mentioned the beef, beef up front. That's Illinois' strength. They probably have the best defensive line in the league or at least one of the best um i know they lost their defensive coordinator but brett bielema is a defensive coach gotta trust him uh i know they lost quarterback tommy devito and running back chase brown but Wait, they got they got jimmy leonard as yeah. a as a uh, yeah, exactly so <laughs> yeah but be an upgrade <laughs> actually go ahead well i mean their defensive coordinator is coaching purdue now so he got promoted but um, he did get promoted. You're right. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, even he without did. Devito and, and Brown, Bielema has got his system uh, running through their schedule. I see seven great chances at wins, with a few other toss ups in there. So safe to say, a bull team. Um, I am curious though, Coach. Uh, recently, Brett Bielema, he was at Big Ten Media um, Days, said that this is his last job and he will retire at Illinois. So. If you have that outlook, mm-hmm. does it let you coach stress-free, play with house money, maybe take some chances you might not have, be, be a little bit more aggressive? Or does that outlook make you really complacent and you become Jimbo Fisher and it actually hurts your drive as a coach? Jimbo Fisher. That guy is as complicated as it gets. Wait till we get to the SEC. That The, the storyline of the SEC is going to be the Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino dynamic because that's that ain't gonna work um that's beside the point um i mean with coach bielema's personality uh i i think it's the i think it's the former uh when i I think it's gonna allow him to be more stress-free not completely stress-free because let's be honest big 10 football is stressful no matter how you slice it and dice it um but i i do think he is a little bit more relaxed in what he does maybe that makes it and and again i think that makes him more aggressive in how he goes about doing things like he's going to take some chances because he knows that he's playing with house money right now. They love him in Illinois. Why? Because they, he almost, he almost got him into the big 10 title game in year one. Like Illinois is not one of those programs. I mean, they play in the big 10. So yeah, obviously they want to win, but they don't have such unrealistic expectations that if they don't, they're going to run him out of town. So they, he knows that because of how he did in year one, he can take some chances because as an, as a, as an Illinois team or as a Nebraska or Purdue or somebody like that, in order to get to the top, you have to take big risk because you're never going to be talented 
enough to compete toe-to-toe with Wisconsin traditionally or Iowa traditionally. So you have to take some chances. And I think Bielema understands that. I think he did not understand that at Arkansas. He understands that now. I think he's coaching a lot more free. So, yes. Um, other people, I would maybe go with the latter, but not Brett Bielma. All righty. Well, let's head up to the Twin Cities. One of the best trips to make in our league. Row, row, uh, row your the boat. Gophers. Row, 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 your boat. row the boat. Uh, yeah, got Minnesota fourth. Um, I picked them to win the division last year thanks to being the most experienced team in the division last year. They obviously don't have that strength this year, but they do have a really talented quarterback they are excited in. Uh, I am not in midseason form yet, so let's let's make sure I get this. Ethan Kaliak Manus. Yeah, Ethan Kaliak Manus. 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 Yeah, better yeah. better you than me. I would have said yeah. Kalakamanus. Well, let's just say he's the Greek sensation. I'm just glad he's not on my sweeping roster the Minneapolis nation. <laughs> um, he also has a really nice receiving core to throw to. Um, one of the Gophers' strengths last year was an outstanding defense, but they have just five starters back on that side of the ball. Uh, we could wax poetically about Minnesota, but it's kind of our annual tradition when we do these preview shows. Matt, tell us why you hate BJ Black. Hold on, Josh. Josh, I'm gonna need you to ask that question again. I did not get the proper ovation that I needed to answer the question. Hold on, Matt. Yes. Uh, tell us why you hate BJ. Fleck. Okay, that's much better now. That's much Preach better, it, brother. Now, uh, hold on. How many Fleck bucks do you have in your account right now, Burton? I have 37 <laughs> Fleck bucks, so yeah. I can fail four drug tests. There you go. Um, well, to quote the office, what's the exchange rate of uh, Fleck Bucks to Ferenc Nichols? <laughs> well, I mean, there's 20 nickels in a dollar, <laughs> and the exchange rate of Big Ten championships to Big Ten championships is plus two for Ferenc. So uh, I'm going to carry the nine, and that's going to be infinity. Because all that Fleck is, is a con man. He is the definition oh, definition true. of a con man. Oh. He is, I mean, in a sport filled with egotistical coaches, Fleck's ego is on a different plane than even that of the greats of Nick Saban, of Kirby Smart, of pe- guys who've actually won something worth touting. So in, the, in a world of egomaniacs, he stands out. That's... Yes, he is. He is one to himself. They, they the fact <laughs> that he is, is somehow suckered in this entire athletic department to have his whole row the boat shtick all over <laughs> the stadium and campus. Like it's baffling to me that. They are willing to bend some really nice traditions. I actually have some nice things to say about the University of Minnesota, but that they are willing to bastardize that for this man's gimmicks is laughable. Laughable. <laughs> because so he won that, that, 11 so games that's at how I Michigan. Feel. I will say... That okay, guy has like, ass uh, beat in the Cotton Bowl by Wisconsin. Um. Let me just pre- preface this. Also, I've got Minnesota finishing six this year in the West. 
Fair enough. Let me just preface this by saying I, I genuinely love the Twin Cities, love their stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally don't even like concern myself with Minnesota. I know they're a rival, but like I don't lose sleep over them or, or find anything about them. They win or lose, you know, exciting or disappointing. But I will say, I find it absolutely hilarious to hear them chanting, who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa against every opponent. <laughs> that is little brother syndrome. Yeah. Just good, a little bit. Good job. You guys can you can spell your school name. I'm really proud of you for going M-I-N-N-E-S-O-T-A. Wow. No wonder you're a safety school. <laughs> man all right let's well if we're doing rants on stuff let's head over to nebraska i love this i love and this. i i have a little bit of a rant i yeah I, I can't follow up on that one all right go for it okay so matt rule he's obviously entering his first year at nebraska there's a lot of like hype and people are excited but i just want to remind everyone that his debut seasons at temple and baylor when a combined three and 21 so i'm not expecting too much. Well, he comes into these piss poor programs. So, <laughs> um, one of their better defensive players just left the program after Rule like suspended him for something. I haven't even followed all of that. Um, Violation of team rules. Yeah, which okay. is very vague. Um, I have documented this often, but um, Nebraska, when you do the math on stuff. It's just in a horrible position for recruiting. Um, it produces very little in-state talent. And a lot of this is a numbers game. And I, I think when people think Nebraska, they're like, oh, Omaha's a big city. The state population for Nebraska is under 2 million people. That's over a million people less than Iowa. So like Iowa has a whole extra million people. Like, that is a huge numbers game. And, like, Iowa faces some of these issues with recruiting as well. Mm-hmm. It's recruiting golden age when they were amazing came with Tom Osborne, who oversigned everybody. There weren't issues with oversight. So he'd signed 400 players and then cut them. And then when they beat the living snot out of women on campus, he would just keep them around. They don't have that anymore. The other thing is when they got to have their recruiting golden age, they had these lifelong rivals, chiefly Oklahoma and then later Texas, to play off against. And even Colorado, when Colorado was at its best, too. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. I don't ever expect Nebraska to ever really be good again. Like, Rule will do better than Frost. But to me, this program has a ceiling of like eight, nine wins and then maybe a magical season where it all clicks and they, they win. Hey, I know 10. somebody that was averaging nine, yeah. 10 wins a year. And in fact, I'm going to go a step further. So when all these huge conferences get created, we're having 20 team conferences. We all know the next phase of realignment is ESPN and Fox saying, well, we can't give you the same amount of money. So the schools are going to have a less of a pie piece. And when that happens, massive brands like Ohio State or Alabama or USC 
They're going to be leaving the Big Ten and the SEC. They're going to create their own super leagues. And I'm sorry, Nebraska fans. You ain't getting invited to those because you don't have any eyeballs in your state. You have all these population limits on ever being good again. You're going to be pretty down. And I'm telling Nebraska fans right now, when we're doing this show in about 2050, Nebraska is going to be in that equivalent of like the Mac. It just is. So gentlemen, am I being too much of a Debbie Downer with all this realignment stuff? Is my tinfoil hat on too tight today? Tell me. Yes. I I think when you talk super leagues, they tried this in Europe. It didn't work. Nobody, nobody. I I don't think the super league thing's going to happen. First of all. It just, it just won't. Two people, it just won't. I think it will. I, it tried. They tried to make it happen with the top thirty-two clubs in 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 Europe, and it wouldn't, and it didn't go. Um, but I think when you look at Nebraska, the equivalent program in this day and age that I look at that could be their ceiling is Iowa State. Very similar, but Iowa State was never a power prior to that. Nebraska was. However, there ain't nobody in high school right now that knows Jack Diddley do about Nebraska. So I think what Matt Rule needs to do is just get them to where they're averaging eight or nine wins a year, get them to their ceiling, win 11 games once or twice, and then – he can be Nebraska's version of Matt Campbell. But the last guy to do that got fired. Look what they did to Bo Pelini. Well, Bo Pelini got fired not because of his on-the-field stuff. Bo Pelini was... Bo Pelini got fired for being Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini <laughs> is... It, yeah, he... Yeah, there's some words to describe him. I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys want me to say those things, but Bo Pelini got fired because... Not because of, he was a bad football coach. He got fired because... He's very bombastic and probably, probably set uh, figurative fire to the entire athletic department. That's <laughs> probably why he got fired. He cussed one too many people out. He's toxic. Matt, Matt Rule, what do you think about conspiracy? I mean, I, <laughs> I think Nebraska's inconsequential. Uh, and I, you know, Matt cool. Rule, sis Boomba, Matt Rule, good coach, yeah. Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech transfer quarterback, who knows? But, you know, yeah, they've gotten some interesting recruits, but it's it's hard to recruit to Nebraska, man. Like, have y'all been to Lincoln? No. I mean, I know Josh has. It's trash. Just not, ain't a whole lot there. Really just ain't a whole lot there. And I'm sorry, but... Gotta get a, gotta get a runza when you go there. Uh, it's, it's not... Yeah. I mean, Matt Rule got some people. It, it can got enough people to to Waco. Waco at least no, is, a pop, in is in Texas and is a pop is a large population center. Like I think there's yeah. probably more people in the metro Waco area than there well, are in the entire well, state of Nebraska. Well, plus you know he he recruited the Branch Davidians well. <laughs> yeah, and we they saw were, how that turned out integral, for everyone. They were an <laughs> integral part of. They're they're um, the reason why Liberty has a football program. 
All right, let's let's wrap mm-hmm. up the Big Ten. Let's wrap up the Big Ten. Um, Northwestern, I got, believe it or not, six. How? I'll tell you how. Um, God, they've they've had a bit of an off season, Gosh. to say the Gosh. least. Yeah. Northwestern is going to finish ninth in a seventeen West. I mean, they're going to put re- they're going to put Innsworth in the standings in the Big Ten West before they put Northwestern. They haven't had that many people transfer out, and they actually have some decent talent on their on their roster. Okay, Cam Porter's read good. your first sentence. <laughs> <laughs> talent uh, don't matter in that scenario. He's pretty good. Read your first he's sentence. Better than, he's better <laughs> read than your first transfer. sentence. Read your first sentence. Go, go ahead. Read it. Read it again. They've had what? they've had a bit of an off season. They've had a bit of an okay. Off-season. What does that yeah. mean? What does that? Purdue had as much of it as as much of an off season, but in a different way. Purdue has Purdue has a. I would take Hudson Card over Ben Bryant any day. I would trust Ryan Walters more than any coach on the Northwestern staff. I, frankly, I over on MikeFarrellSports.com did my uh, Big Ten uh, predictions, and I have Purdue. Josh, you're 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 going to hate this. I have Purdue fourth in the West. Purdue's defense last year was god awful. Yeah, because they had Ron English and, and he's they have four gone. starters back. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. They're 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 no I'm I I I'm going to vehemently disagree with you. I do not think Purdue is going to be. Yeah. Uh, I I think Purdue... they're certainly not going to be worse than Northwestern at worst case scenario. Northwestern dealing with the magnitude of stuff that they've dealt with this off season, it, it ain't going to be pretty for them. Like you you don't really recover from that. I don't know. I mean, they could surprise me, but I just don't think they will. We're going to have to agree to disagree. I I mean, Hudson Card does really nothing for me. They've got Mockerby at running back, who's a nice player, but uh, I'm telling you, this defense is going to be something god-awful, even with the defensive-minded coaching staff that they got now. Like, um, And they still finish above Northwestern. I I have them losing to Northwestern. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Northwestern going over this year. It's gonna be gonna be brutal, unless they have some FCS teams in there. They got Howard. They'll be okay. So they'll be they'll win at least one. Yeah, that's not not good. Not good. For uh, Purdue's gonna finish at least sixth. Worst case scenario. Ryan Walters. Uh, uh, same with the guy who's the head coach at Northwestern now. Yeah, but they have Skip Holtz on staff. Oh maybe? yeah, because I mean, okay, that's nice. XFL, baby. <laughs> okay, well, just running through Purdue's schedule. I got them losing to Fresno. Purdue could very Tech- easily go three and whatever, but they're still not going to be. Virginia Tech's a toss-up. Syracuse is a toss-up. They're losing to Wisconsin. They're losing to Illinois. They're losing at Iowa. They're going to get blown out by Ohio State. They might be able to win at Nebraska. They're going to get blown out by Michigan. Um, and still finish think, sixth. <laughs> I don't think they'll beat Minnesota. Um, their most their their most winnable game in league is a road game. It's at Northwestern, and then they end with Indiana. So, I I still like that a lot than a lot more than anything Northwestern has. I don't want to get caught up on this though. Um, yeah, man. I, oh God. 
we have to agree to keep disagree. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it over the course can, of the season. Can, All right, my champ. We can agree to disagree. Yeah, I know. Uh, my champion, I got Michigan over Iowa. Sounds like we all have Michigan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my offensive MVP, Blake Gorham, there at Michigan, running back. My defensive MVP, Homer Pick, Cooper Jean, Iowa. Coach of the year, because I have them making the title game, Kirk Ferentz. That's worst my case new- scenario for you. <laughs> my newcomer is Tanner Mordecai, there at Wisconsin. And my first fired is all of Northwestern staff, the uh, second of the season. I-, I think I think your coach of the year is going to be James Franklin when he finishes second in the Oh, that's a good one. I, I'm with Coach 100%. That's a good James one. Franklin. My newcomer of the year is Dante Cephas, the wide receiver mm-hmm. at Penn State as well. My defensive MVP is also a Nittany Lion. It's aforementioned Chop Robinson. Chop. Here we go. Hey, first fired. I think, I think, I don't, we kind of, it's kind of a given that Northwestern staff is going to be fired. So, like, what's our real first fired? Mel Tucker. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, with, with the payout money, yeah. Um, I actually really, like, his last few years haven't been good, but as I mentioned in the blog, I am still a believer in Tom Allen. When you look at the recruiting classes getting better and the fact that the team is, like, competent, it's not like Chris Ash, where they're just, like, awful. Like, that's a well-run football team that just has an awful, awful schedule this year. So I would be disappointed in Indiana if they fired Tom Allen. They shouldn't. If they haven't fired him by now, I, I think he would have to go over for yeah, them. Yeah, I don't think they're I don't I don't think he's being fired either. Like th- this year would have to be an utter disaster. Yeah. Yeah, we got we gotta fly through the Mac. We're already we, we, pa- we pause for this quick ad read. Uh if you want to buy some Avatar, let me know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So the Mac, uh let's recap the the Mac last year. It was all about the state of Ohio. Uh, Toledo won the league. Ohio won their division. Bowling Green and Miami both went bowling. And the worst team in the league was Akron. Um, The best story, though, was Eastern Michigan. They won nine games, including their bowl game. Just their second bowl win in program history and their first since 1987. My five questions are, can Ohio get back to the title game, which would be their sixth appearance since the Mac has had a title game, and then freaking win the thing so they can get their first league title since way back in 1968. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they, they, I think so. All right, my second question. Can Chris Crichton there at Eastern Michigan, can he add to that success last year and maybe contend for that title, put some pressure on Toledo? As long as Samson yes. Evers is there, I, I think he's got a chance. Yeah. Uh, speaking about Toledo, We'll get to them in a little bit, but they have a ton of talent back. Do they roll it back with another title, or do they even go up a level and get into the national poll by the end of this year? Yes and no. All right. Uh, Four, Miami. They have very quietly gone bowling two straight years and three out of the last four. I think Mario Cristobal is doing a great – oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) Uh, they did not go they... bowling last year. <laughs> I almost said that with a straight face. They they got blue raided. <laughs> um, will Miami be more of a factor this year as the East is a little bit more open than the West? 
And then finally, Bowling Green got about a weird season. They lost their bowl game. They got blown out by Ohio in their season finale, but they did upset Toledo during the year. Are they one of those teams that's going to take a step forward? All right, so let's let's run through it for the East. I got Ohio repeating as division champs. I'm gambling that quarterback Curtis Rourke, who tore his ACL late in the season last year, is good to go. Um, they return a thousand yard back in Shibangura. They have a really talented wideout in Sam Wigloos. Um, the D was hilariously awful last year, but they still went seven and one in league. Uh, so they have, if they Match grow on that, they have, they have any growth on that side of the ball. They should be good to go in this division. Uh, they get Miami at home and avoid Toledo. Um, gents, 1968 is a very long time ago. Is this finally the Bobcats year? It's got to be right. They're due. <sighs> still, I still think Toledo's too good. All right. All right. Over to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Unfortunately, one of the all-time great names. He's done. He's gone. Mac Heppenhammer. One hell of a wide receiver. He's, he's, he's gone. He's moved on. But quarterback Brett Gabbert. <laughs> um, Gabbert missed basically all of last year. He is back in healthy um, coach, do you agree with my tiebreaker that the Red Hawks' harder schedule will be that deciding factor against Ohio? Yeah, anytime you have a new quarterback or anytime there's some shakeup, yes, I think so. I mean, you look at it there, uh, Miami is at Miami. Go figure. What? Uh, they're at what? Cincinnati. <laughs> Miami, September Ohio, playing I know. at Miami, Florida. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny how you said that. Miami's I know. I, Miami. that's what I was yeah, going uh, for. I was laughing at the delivery. The dead <laughs> Miami is at Miami. <laughs> It's like yes, and. Miami is at Miami. Uh, so, <laughs> I thought there'd be more of a, a sentence there. <laughs> no, I just wanted to. I just want to reiterate the fact that this is the greatest irony of all time. Miami is playing in Miami. Um, I was just. I had to double take, make sure it wasn't like the scrimmage game or something like that. Uh, they're, they're at. They got a road game at Cincinnati. Um, they luckily for them though, they host Toledo. They're at Ohio. Um, not easy there. Bowling Green's never easy. At, they're at Western Michigan. Uh, I mean, their schedule's their schedule's pretty hard. Um, not gonna, not gonna lie, but they're tough. Uh, one of their toughest games is at home against Toledo, uh, so that goes in their favor. So I don't know. It's gonna it's it's honestly gonna come down October twenty. It's gonna be a pivotal moment in the MAC East Division. All right, number three, I'm heading to Bowling Green. They've got Connor Basilic, the former Indiana, and before that, Missouri oh, quarterback. Oh, he, like he, wasn't, he wasn't very flashy, admittedly, last year at Indiana, but by max standards, he's a pretty good quarterback to have. They have tons of it's nice a, pieces a around him. Fit. It, it's it's yeah. not a talent thing. It's a terrible fit. Yeah, they have a ton of nice pieces around him, including four offensive line starters back. Love Plenty that. of skill position players returning as well. Matt, though. There's only six starters back on defense, um, but there's a lot to like there. Do you have them as a dark horse? Yeah, I mean, Basak's definitely taking the JT Daniels journey, going from Missouri to Indiana to Bowling Green. Who knows where he'll be next year? But, Incarnate word. Uh, <laughs> who knows? I mean, <laughs> Jacksonville State. <laughs> he'll be in the fun belt somewhere. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, dark horse, yes. Uh, but brown horse, maybe 
brown and orange horse brown and orange horse maybe yeah i mean you know what they're not i I think that they i think i think there's a pretty solid dichotomy between the top three and the bottom three in this division so i mean in in as much as that yes they they can be a dark horse for the league title because those top any of those top three teams in the east could win as far as i'm concerned all right i think the Uh, fact that they have things around connor basilak is good. Like he was on a pitiful, pitiful Indiana team where they just couldn't. Well, get they had no offensive going. line. They had no yeah. offensive line. He's got the opposite of that. Yeah. Here. He's actually got a pretty good by Max Sanders offensive line. So. Exactly. This this might be the best offensive line he's played behind, and that includes Missouri and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yep. Yep. All right, heading over to uh, Upstate slash Western, both up and west. Western New York, Buffalo, Buffalo. 21 they showed some great strides last year they won seven games they also took down toledo um but they lost a ton especially on defense they have just five starters back and their defense was take over happy last year coach that defense forced 26 turnovers last year pretty impressive is it true as a coach that turnovers regress to the mean each year like are we it, it does. does. I, I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna regress back to the mean a little bit. I mean that's just natural, but hopefully it doesn't go. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully the pendulum doesn't swing the other way and they go minus twenty six. That would be a little disastrous. But uh, yeah, I think they're gonna get a little bit closer to the mean at, at least. I don't think they're gonna be what plus twenty six. I, I don't know what their giveaway rate was last year, but I, I don't think they're best case scenario. I think they're probably plus two, plus three turnover. I think they're still going to, I still think they're going to cause a lot of turnovers, but not as many as they did. All right. In the five hole, I got Akron. Uh, we all like their coach, Joe Moorhead, and he's a pretty good quarterback there with DJ Irons. Uh, just not really a complete team around them yet um, as they continue to rebuild to compete with the upper half of this division. And then rounding things out, we got Kent State at six. They have a brand new coach. And basically a brand new team as they have zero starters back on offense. Uh, Perco, they have a UCLA transfer, though. No, they don't. Colin. No, they don't. What? No, they're quarter, their old quarterback transferred out to go to UCLA. Oh, I, I had my notes uh, flipped there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, well, they then. literally have There's nothing. Even less. This There's even less to talk about. is going to be All right. awful. I am oh, probably boy. not going to watch a second of them. This year. All right. Time to double check those notes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flipped. I haven't. I haven't logged much time watching Kent State. I think watching Kent State versus Georgia was the most most Kent State football I've ever watched. And they were actually not bad in that game against Georgia. They were they were pretty. Yeah, sporty. They went like four and eight though. Last they were year, pretty sporty, right? but um, yeah, the the whole Nick zero starters that door. The whole zero starters back on offense thing. That might Heck, be a Sean little Lewis bit of a red flag. All right, well, let's uh, let's jump over to the West then. Um, got number one, Toledo. They are the defending champions, obviously, and they have six. Speaking of Nick Saban not walking through that door. <laughs> they have 16 starters back. Um, they start at Illinois, and they also have San Jose State in the non-conference. But past that, very likely they're going to be favored in every game. So going back to one of my key questions, gentlemen, can this team be – ranked at some point in the year like in the 20s or like are you talking like ranked so as they were in the pool. they're just they a, they are looking they're at in the top no 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 they're in the top 25 
oh, at any yeah. point in the year, even in the final poll after the after the bowl. Yeah, I, I think they can. I think they can sneak in. Yeah, you talk, but they one to twenty five. They've got that tough non con though with Illinois and San Jose State. Those are two tough games, non-con. and you know I'm really high on San Jose State this year. I like Illinois a lot. So they might lose those two and win the rest of their games, win the conference title game. They're eleven and two at the end of yeah. Then you might see them in the in in the low in the twenties. But I think it's going to take a little while because I don't see them beating Illinois, and it's it's a coin flip with San Jose State at best. All right, have a heading over to Ypsilanti for uh, second place. I got Eastern Michigan. Uh, starting with the positives, Matt mentioned him earlier. They got thousand yard back Samerson Samson. Evans back. Uh, they also have eight starters returning on that defense. They do have a new look offensive line, a few other items to kind of patch together on offense. Um, Matt, they travel to Toledo, but overall have a slightly easier schedule than the Rockets. Do they shock the Mac world? Toledo's the consensus winner of this, but do you see a path for, for Eastern? Yes. Uh, it is that puncher's chance. Five, 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 5%. But it's it's, it's, it's 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 not a great chance. I mean, but. so you're saying there's a chance, <laughs> but I am not. It's all this one in a million talk. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. All right. They have a chance. Um, I'm grouping Northern Illinois and Central Michigan. I have Northern third, Central fourth. The reason I'm grouping them is they have the exact same story. Um, last year, disappointing seasons for both due to horrible, horrible injury luck. Uh, Central Michigan has nine starters back on defense, which is pretty nice. But Northern Illinois gets their quarterback, Rocky Lombardi, back. Uh, He was great two years ago for the Huskies, but then missed last year. Uh, Coach, I have NIU just nosing out Central. Is that the correct order, or do you have them flipped? No, that I I like that order because I'm a big fan of Rocky Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi's been around since the Clinton administration. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's That that dude is a. You talk about a veteran, man. That dude, that dude can sling it, man. I mean, yeah, he's I, I like a veteran. He served in freaking Vietnam. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he was a tunnel rat. That's why he's so tough. All righty. Uh, number five, I'm going to continue to show that I, I know these towns. Uh, we're going to go to Muncie, Indiana for uh, Ball State. They lost four league games last year by a single David Letterman ain't walking through that door. Oh. <laughs> They return a ton of talent, including something rather rare, a tight end duo where both players are like awesome. And that is Brady I know, Hunt. And, I know this problem. And, and Tanner uh, Kozowell. Um Matt, do you see this team flipping their terrible luck last year and being a little bit of a factor and getting back to a bowl game? Um, It's going to be tough, but frankly... Like after Toledo, you can you can make a case for a lot of these teams in the West with injury luck, you know, besides, you know, it's sort of like two through five in a lot of ways could be a a, a crapshoot. So, yeah, they can definitely make it back to a bowl. It's not what I would necessarily bet on because I like some of the pieces on those other teams. Like you mentioned, Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois more. But there's definitely a world that Ball State makes it to a bowl. I just, I'm with you. I would, I would have them five preseason here. All right. And rounding things out over in Kalamazoo, um, Western Michigan, brand new coach as well. Just like Kent state. Uh, they have just two starters back on their team. So uh brand new team as well there. 
my champion. Uh, unfortunately, Ohio bridesmaid yet again. I've got Toledo over Ohio. Ohio's due. I'm going Ohio. <laughs> I'm, they're I'm, due. I'm going to take the chalk and go with Toledo because that team has too many guys back. Yeah. And is this is, is action, guys? It is my action. Um, my offensive MVP, one of those numerous Toledo players back. They're electric quarterback. This dude is awesome. Daquan Finn. I'm going to say Rocky. No, I'm just, I like your pick. Never mind. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brett Gabbert, actually, at Miami. Ooh, I like that. Um, my defensive MVP, I've done this for a few other teams where it's kind of a cop out, but um, I think Eastern Michigan with those eight starters back is going to have an incredible defense. Um, I think one of the reasons they're going to contend and finish second in the division is that defense. And frankly, I think somebody from that Eastern Michigan defense is going to win defensive MVP. I just don't know who yet. Your guess is as good as mine here. I've, I I got nothing on this one. I'm not going to lie. I got absolutely nothing on this one, coach. (laughs) I shoot. <laughs> so, so, someone. I mean, is, is Khalil Mack still eligible for Buffalo? Like, <laughs> I can tell you, it's not going to be somebody from Kent State <laughs> or um, Western Michigan. That's true. <laughs> My coach of the year, uh, Jason Candle, over there at Toledo. Yeah, if if chalk happens, it's definitely Jason Candle. Yeah, that feels about right. Um, newcomer, he's got a lot no, of my coach of the year is Sh- uh, Sean Lewis for, for leaving Kent State with no starters on offense. <laughs> um, Jesus, <laughs> my newcomer of the year, we've talked to a fair amount about him now, but uh, Connor Basilek there at Bowling Green, yeah, that's a pretty easy that that's a that's a pretty solid choice, yeah. All right, and my first fired, honestly, all the bad teams have new coaches, so I think the Mac is going to avoid. Any coaching changes due to firing? Yeah, I, I it's hard to find somebody who's going to get fired here because Mike knew maybe at Ball State if uh, they fall apart, maybe. But again, I mean, it, he, like, he's I mean, won a title with them. Do, yeah. it, do, if Buffalo regresses to the mean and that means more losses, is there a chance there? I don't see Morehead last year. Though. I don't see Akron firing Morehead because they had such a hard time. Uh-huh hiring somebody no uh, this is only a second year yeah no it's definitely not gonna happen yeah there. it's not I, I don't know like ball state yeah so i think that's really is he is he, is he i mean how new is he mike new mike new he's been there he's always five, new he's always five new. five years five years yeah. so but, like it's they, not, they, more than enough time so if it's a, they, they won the mac though if it's a disaster maybe i don't know that's a tough one. Did they win the COVID year, or was it the year after COVID? It's a, it's a uh, tough one. Uh, yeah, it, Maybe well, Shark Humper. <laughs> I I I don't know. No. Just to guess. All right, let's say Shark Humper. Yeah, it was it was twenty twenty. It was the it was the COVID season that they were yeah. Mac champs, nice. and they beat Buffalo in the conference title game. There we go. Um, that'll do it. That's all I got for you guys. All right. Well, that was another the, stunning success. That was a good yeah. one. Uh, I think- Corey, did you listen to the last few seconds of last week's episode yet? No. I oh, know. well, I mean, I hate to repeat the joke, but it, it's so good. Um, I, I joked that you sent me and Matt a text while we were recording. 
and the the text said that you bought a jersey. Oh. And the and the jersey is a house divided jersey where it's half Texas burnt orange, half <laughs> Oklahoma maroon, and the name on the back says SEC. <laughs> it's it's in the mail. <laughs> It's in the mail, coach. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. It's, it's uh, in the mail. It's wearing number sixty nine, and uh, that is gonna. He, Corey's gonna be wearing that at SEC Media Days next year. Um, yeah. If you're at Media Days or anywhere else <laughs> and happen to run into any of us, say what's up. Um, and on that note, I think that's gonna do it for us here today on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator. The coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City. This is Matt Perkins in Nashville saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.